young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>Um, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got started with mounted archery. Well, I'm originally from Tuskegee, Alabama, where I was born and raised. And I'm a martial arts instructor by trade. You know, I got appointed to West Point probably like the early 90s, like 90, 89 and 90. And I taught there for like 10 years. I came to Atlanta around 2000 after I left West Point, military academy. And then once I got here, I got interested in the horses. And a few years ago, uh, I took a course on a mountain archery out at Falconwood Farms and fell in love with it and been doing it ever since. So how did you get introduced to the U.S. Cultural Heritage Team? You know, I went to Korea to compete. One of the competitions I was invited by, uh, by Trey Sikti. And uh, we went over, and one of the things they were doing was trying to, around the country, the world rather, get people to participate in a cultural heritage thing, something that was peculiar to their particular culture in their particular country. Like here would be the uh, American Indians, so we kind of compete along those lines. Uh, other countries will, you know, you want to you use bows and dress that were you know, that was representative of that particular culture. So we try to uh, use dress that is representative of Indian culture or the uh, mountain man culture in this country. The heritage team, so it means doing events and kind of like portraying yourselves like the original people? Yeah, mountain archery is like uh, archery from a horseback. And the American Indian, they mostly shot bows from horseback, you know, hunted buffaloes, they did war from horseback. Right. It's a combination of uh, horsemen and uh, your, your archery skills. What you do on the ground, like ground archery, is different than what you do on a horse. What right. you do on the back of a horse, you can do on the ground. On the ground. So, you know, as you're riding, there is a, uh, you have to post to take a, what's called a performance seat, which is like a two-point seat where you don't want to bounce up and down, then you're aiming how you acquire the target because the horse is moving at about maybe 11 meters per second, which is pretty fancy, coming on the ground. So when you aim, every second that you aim, the target is always changing. Right. So you have to either edge, edge or how do you line your arm up. You know, a lot of people shoot lighter bows because it's easier to draw. Myself, I like to think of myself as a traditional warrior because if I was trained as a martial artist, so I like to I like to shoot heavy heavy bows. My heaviest bow has been like ninety pounds, but inverted So I shoot between sixty to ninety pound bows. Wow! So I need a different. That's pretty interesting. So it well, you know, in the old days when people had armor and stuff, you had to have a bow that could pierce armor. Mm -hmm. So most like like most of them would say it's a minimum of seventy pounds to to pierce armor. So I try to shoot my, my heaviest bow right now, I can say my ninety pound bow in birdie was a Korean bow. So my heaviest bow now is 
probably about 84 pounds. So when you when you talk about pounds for the bow, is that the part that has the wood and the string? I'm gonna say string because I don't know what it's called, but that's what you're talking about. Yeah, when we say poundage, like say if you shoot a compound bow, it may be six to eighty pound bow, but you only have to pull about maybe fifteen to twenty pounds and that's all. But when you release it, it shoots the full, you know, seven eighty pounds. But with right, a right, right. So bow, it's traditional. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you have to the tension. The tension on the bow is the poundage, like pounds of pressure. Yeah, what okay. you have to hold. It's like picking up a six weight and holding it in that position mm -hmm. until you release it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so you're talking about uh, bone alignment in the arms. Um, you know, you have to have some cots or a twist on it. You can twist the string. Uh, most people have a draw length of maybe like 28 inches. You know, you know, you need an anchor point. You know how you acquire your target looking down shaft of the arrow. Um, that's a that's a lot of factors that go in to shooting. You know, off horseback because you have to shoot when the horse is in a gallop, and you kind of like the horse is skipping with you, so you have to skip with the horse. Right. And you don't want to be sitting on the horse, but you want to be somewhat inch or two above the horse so you can have a smooth ride and you and your legs act as a shock absorber. Right. You know, especially the ankle. Mm -hmm. And that way you can have a full ride and your shot can be more accurate. Awesome. So what are the challenges or if any um, that you have experienced being a minority equestrian in this sport some challenges mm -hmm. mm. i really i really didn't experience any challenges except being the only black guy out there you yeah know, uh, other than that they're very friendly around around the world i haven't really met with any type of uh, racism because there are people of color that compete in the mount of archers you know, I I have not met any other black mounted archers. I'm pretty sure they got to be some out there, but I haven't met them. Um, and I've never met any that have competed in a national. Right. But it's it's uh it's basically like like a a really friendly and gentle group of of archers. Um. You know, everybody is. You know, has has their own personality, uh, things they like, they dislike. You know, you really have to. To me, you know, I train a lot, so what I try to do is prepare my body to be a weapon, to be able to pull heavy poundage and, and, and condition my hands and my entire body to be able to just pull a string bare, you know, without any uh, aids or anything. Right. Um. I, I you know, occasionally I do with gloves and stuff. Because you know, I'll I'll shoot somewhere close to 100, maybe 200 arrows a day sometimes. Wow! You know, to build a callus. That is dedication. Condition attendance. I was just gonna say or ask, how long did you train before you actually started to compete? Well, you know, I've shot archery as, as from a childhood up until now. Oh, okay. Um, it's just I was in a boys, and uh, so it's just something that I've always done. 
So, and then when I was at some martial arts, we you know we shot arts. We did a lot of flight arts. You know? ah. So it, it was it was natural for me just to pick it up. It's something that you know, the only you know you have to learn how to shoot from horseback. Like I said, what you do on the back of a horse, you can do on the ground. But what you do on the ground, you can't necessarily do on the back of a horse. Right. So there, there is like what we learn then how how to acquire the target because based on the ground, your target is standing still. Uh-huh. It's not moving. But when you're on the back of a horse, yeah. horse is moving, so your perspective of the target is always changing. So how how you acquire and shoot that target. So a lot of it is instinctive. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you know, you know, like archery. It is a part of the martial art because every every country had a mounted capital. And you know, that's what made the uh Genghis Khan and the Mongolians famous. They were able to ride in, shoot, break and then run away. And as the soldiers rode try to chase them, they could put six arrows up in there inside of a minute. So the the soldiers that was chasing them was riding under a bunch of arrows coming coming down just cutting the smithereens. Mm-hmm. So you do, you develop different patterns and how to control your horse running and shoot, you know, run away. You have back shots, you have side shots. So it's like, you know, different positions you can shoot off your horse. But how, how do you control that horse? In a battle situation, there's a lot of noise. The horses that pop a full gallop. Uh, but, you know, in competition, your horse is not always going that fast. And then it's a control situation. And then, you know, like, like we do a lot of field archery where, you know, there are no barriers or lanes for the horse to run in. You have to navigate around different obstacles and stuff to shoot the targets because it's an open field. So you got to get your horse to go to that particular target or that particular area. Then you may have to circle it or go through a gate or something like that. So it, it requires, you know, horsemanship skills along with your marksmanship skills. Right. What kind of horses do you typically use or do you own when you do mounted archery? I have four quarter horses. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get some uh, larger horses like Percherons or drum horses, which is like of the um, draft breed. Mm-hmm. So right now I, I got quarter horses. I have four. Do you use those horses yes, when you travel? Well, when we travel, like we go to Korea somewhere to compete. Or Mongolia, you have to you you borrow horses once you get there. Okay. So, you know you just have to take a horse, jump on. Now if we're here competing in Georgia or like maybe Tennessee, I can trail my horse up or take my horse with me. I prefer competing on my horse, but you know you should be able to you know ride any mount. Very true. Very true. Have you have you ever encountered encountered a mount that was not as comfortable with the whole shooting arrows off its back situation? No, because most of the time you want to train a horse to uh, do what you want to do to accept shooting arrow. Either he's going to accept it or he, they're not going to accept it. And and one of the quickest ways to like pat on his dog, you know, every time he rang the bell, he, mm-hmm. he fed the dog. So after he took the food away when he rang the bell, dog to salivate so when we shoot Eric, you give a horse a treat, pretty soon he'll associate that sound with a reward. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll, he'll stop being afraid. Uh, different ways you can train horses to uh, accept, uh, you know, 
things around them. Same thing with mounting shootings. You know, when you shoot guns off horses back, either they're going to accept it or they're not going to accept it. Right. Especially with guns on in between. But you, every time you, he heard that sound, you gave him a reward like a treat. Then pretty soon he will associate that sound with something good instead of something to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. So you know, based based on archery, you know, you have to you have to like like become one with your horse. You know, so you need you need to train your horse to do what you want it to do. You know, you got you know, to rate himself. You know, walk, trot, canter, gallop. Um, you know. Left turn, right turn. And I tell everybody, you know, riding is pretty easy. If you can drive a car, then basically you can drive a horse. Just have to learn how to sit in a horse. Mm-hmm. You know, make it go forward, back it up, left turn, right turn, and walk. That's the brakes. And so, and then you have variations of those. Uh, so, you know, your your aids are like your rein, your leg aids, you know, uh, how you twist your head or your body. Very true. So when you shoot archery from, from a mountain horse, you have to drop your reins. You can't really guide your horse. So you got to drop your reins and shoot. So you mm-hmm. need to be, your horse should be, you should be able to guide your leg. Ideally. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if um, you work off primarily leg aids when riding. Well, my horses were not trained for that. So I'm just now getting into the thing of training my horses to move off my body and my legs. Um, I did a lot of neck rain. I ran barrels and jumped and did some other stuff. But now getting to mounted archery and the mounted shooting, you have to, uh, you know, you, you need to train your horse to do certain things and move off certain cues and stuff. Slow itself down, speed itself up. You know, I, my horse is very athletic. And the horse that I my wildfire, my main horse that I ride a lot, she's like 16 and quarter hands or something somewhere around close to that so she's a tall horse mm-hmm. so um you know most people have smaller horses but i like i like big horses what is one of the things that you've learned about yourself doing the the mountain archery never give up but like i say you know i started as a martial art doing martial arts when i was four years old mm-hmm. i'm now 64 turn 65 in summer so i mean that's just something that that you know you know, you're only as rich as the amount of things that you can afford to leave alone. And so I set myself up years ago stuff. I know as I got older, I was going to do some of this kind of stuff. Because as I was, when I was young, I was trying to take care of family. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I have, I have the luxury of staying on the ranch, training all day. So basically, I train all day. And I, I, I train my body bay to pull heavy bowls, my hands bay to handle the stress of a, a 60 to a 90 pound string just on my, my bare fingers. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of prep work going to things. And, and so a lot of people will, you know, give you excuses of why they didn't do this, they didn't do that. So my thing is, you know, to solve a problem, you don't leave with an excuse, you leave with a solution. So as, as a yes. male archer, I've had to figure this out, you know, because it's something that I, I didn't grow up doing. And I taught myself to ride. I didn't have a formal riding training. So I've had, I've had to learn as I go. Right. And talking to different people, uh, sharing things with me, 
things that I read. I do a lot of research, um, you know, on the Mount of Archery and stuff. Uh, I talk to you, I, I go anywhere in the world to learn. And you like say, so you learn from the cradle to the grave. And so the things I've learned about Mount Archer and stuff, and I'm still learning, but you, you have to make yourself available to that and be willing to learn. What advice would you give to someone interested in entering this, this field and this sport? Well, my first advice, you know, you need your own horse. And, you know, a lot of people want to buy, you know, inexpensive equipment at first. But you are only as good as your equipment. So I tend to spend my money on my equipment and my horse because those are two most important factors besides yourself. So you got you got to trust your horse and you need good equipment. So I like heavier bows because they, they have a, a better trajectory, you know, as opposed to a lighter bow. And you know they shoot faster. We have a bow we call a sky dog that was designed for the cultural heritage team. It looks like one of the Indian bows, and it's a very fast shooting bow. Mm-hmm. It was developed by you know my teacher Trey, and uh, he's in the process of developing other bows and stuff. And you know it's, it's, it's you know I really like it's very fast shooting bow there's no hand shock or vibration in it so it's it's it's, it's a it's a joy to shoot so if you have good equipment but then having good equipment and and not using it correctly you know if your the alignment is not right the arm is not right you know then it, it didn't really work that well you know practice does not make perfect perfect practice makes perfect so everybody say just practice 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 but in order to shoot a heavy bow, you know, you need you need to train your body to shoot it. And how, how you line it up, how you sight it. And like, you know, the human body can only make two movements, push and pull. And somebody, sometimes we say it can rotate. But a rotation is only uh, push-pull on a tangent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, 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 one arm is pushing, one arm is pulling. So how you set those muscles up? But they have to be strong and fit enough to uh, handle the stress of shooting a traditional recurve bow. Because, like, like I say, when you pull a 70, 80 pound bow, you are actually pulling and holding that amount of weight. And so, you know, if you hold it for a few seconds or a minute, that's what you got to hold 70 pounds for a minute. Right, so right. It's, 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 it keeps tension on you. Yeah, I mean, that's a balance between actual, like, just strength and coordination and balance. And a lot of different things go into not only just holding the bow, but having to ride at the same time and see. You got to be able to see, I'm assuming, you know, see very well how to assess your targets. Yeah, you Riding to be second nature to you. you know, if you have to concentrate on your riding, then you're not going to do too do too well in acquiring and hitting the target. Mm-hmm. So you know you have to develop the right horsemanship skills, and then you have to develop the, the archery skills. How to aim something going out. Then when you're on the back of the horse, you got to pull all it together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a challenge, 
but you know, you gotta rise to the occasion. Yeah. What was your, what has been your favorite moment in your career and doing this um, mountain archery? What, what is your favorite moment that you've had so far? Oh, I, I, I can't say I had a favorite moment because I like it all. <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I've enjoyed every second that I've, but I've rode and shoot, you know, and I, you know, I kind of live in the, in the present at all times. I don't think about the future or the past, you know, once it's always over to me, but I'm always training in that moment, trying to prepare for the next one, because I want to be a little bit better tomorrow than I was today. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to skills. Um, and, and, and so I can't say that, you know, any one particular moment that stands out to me. I enjoy uh, just riding and shooting the sport of it. I don't, I don't go there to win or to lose. I come to ride and shoot. Yeah. So while everybody else is maybe, you know, up on the ride, you know, want to win, that's not, that's not my, my objective. My objective is to, to do my best at my ability and to improve. What can I learn from my experience? Because like, no, a failure is not really a failure. It's a it's a way that you learn not to do something or to improve on something. If this didn't work, then what can I do to improve this the next time? Mm-hmm. So I've only been riding and shooting probably about three or four years. So I'm new at it. So I need to, uh, I'm still learning uh, and trying to perfect my skills. You know, when I, when I did martial arts, you know, I said I was going to give my, I started when I was like four years old. I said, after 20 years, I feel like I've accomplished something. But after 20 years, I realized I really don't know anything. I need to continue. I need to do more training. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I started when I was four. I'm, I'm like 64. Now I'm being only 65. So I have basically 60 years of training in. Mm-hmm. So nothing really uh, excites me like that or because that's, that's really what, makes us uh, lose or do the wrong thing because we're too excited. You know, you have, you know, with archery and stuff or any uh, sport, you have to keep yourself calm. Mm -hmm. Because if you get too excited and too anxious, then you end up making mistakes. We tell our horse to do something unknown to us, and the horse may make a sudden movement or is indecisive, go left or right. So it may throw us off or we may miss the shot. So we need, I spend a lot of time trying to train my horses to get them to do what I want them to do and that we know each other, know how the other one's going to think. I know you said that, you know, you stay in the present, um, past and the future are, you know, subjective, but do you have any personal goals for yourself as far as, getting better in this field? Mm, I can't say that I have personal goals like that. I feel if you train and practice correctly, you will improve. Mm-hmm. And it, it will get better over time. But if 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 there's an effort on your part to accomplish that, then you probably won't accomplish it. Yeah. Because you, you're putting 
appreciating yourself. Yeah. You know, you always gonna find those people better than you. You gonna find those people worse than you. And if you compare yourself to them, you gonna end up with a problem. Mm-hmm. You upset all the time about something. Oh, I'm better than this person, not as good as that person. So I can't even look at it like that. You know, um, just the joy of waking up in the morning and being able to train or to go to go someplace to compete is is to me it's an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And I try to live in that moment. Um, I agree with know, that. And I, I'm in my first barrel competition. You know, I took three horses to ride. And a lot of people got upset at me because they thought I was riding for the money. And I, 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 you know, I did pretty good. I didn't want the money. I said, I, I didn't come here to win or to lose. I came to ride. Mm-hmm. I said, whatever I want, give it to, uh, to the kids. So I'm, I'm not interested in that, in, in winning it per se like that. No. Um, as long as I compete at my personal best, it's great. If I win, great. If I lose, great. It's, I'm not going to put myself in that kind of stressful situation mm-hmm. to win. Because, you know, see, people start, if they're not winning, they're upset. They want to fight somebody because they didn't, they didn't win. Or they lost. That, yeah. that doesn't bother me. Instead of making a lesson out of it, you know, when, there's emotion in it. Yeah, yeah, because what, what really counts if it's a life or death. The trophy or the title is not that important. I had my instructor tell me one time it's wrong to fight, but to fight and lose for principles that you deem righteous is also wrong. So I train every day to to prepare my body for that one time that I have to fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when I go to competition, I'm there for a learning experience. I'm not there to win or lose. I'm there to learn. I watch my the competitors there. If if I win, great. If I lose, great. It's, it's no skin off my nose. I'm not I'm not gonna get excited about it either way. Could you describe what a typical competition is like? Well, typical competition is you know you may shoot Hungarian uh, course, you may shoot the Korean course or kabak. You know, the Korean course is like uh, you have you have a lane, you know, rope on both sides of the horse, so he. He run down this lane. It's probably about 100 meters, which is about 300 feet. Um, and you know, targets probably 90 meters apart. And you and you have to ride in a horse a couple of 11 seconds. You only got a couple of seconds to, to to load your draw your arrow, load it on your bowstring, acquire the target, shoot it, and get ready and do the same thing to get ready for the second and third target. Mm-hmm. So you you know. You have to take a position, a console position where you're not bouncing around because you gotta, and you have to be able to knock your arrow without looking at the string. If you look down, then the horse may do something else. You may tell your horse to do something unbeknown to you. So you keep your eyes on the target. So you have to, you know, draw. And because we shoot like the American Indian, we don't have a, a quiver, um, which was like like the Indian quiver, either from back or on our side. I shoot a side quiver. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people shoot like a side quiver. But you know, you only have a few seconds, like three or four seconds, to, to shoot your target. Because most most times, a, a fast horse will cover ninety meters in about eight seconds, eight nine seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, an average horse. Probably like you know you got horses covering like 
in 12 seconds. That's a medium horse, but you know, your, your, your fast horse is gonna cover probably like about eight, nine seconds, nine being the average. So, you know, you want a horse that's gonna do it like nine or 10. That's cool. How many people are on your team? It, it varies. Um, I think right now there's like six, maybe seven people on the team. And, you know, is this something, I think this is the third year, second or third year, and it's starting to grow. So when we first started, there was not that many archers in the country. But now there's a ton of archers, a ton of competitions around the country. Mm-hmm. Do you guys practice together or live in the same vicinity? Well, yeah, you know, you have them up in Michigan. Like, we have a group here in Atlanta, which calling us Chattahoochee uh, Archery Association, Mountain Archery Association. Um, and, you know, you have them up in Tennessee, you got them in Florida, in Alabama, you have them all over the place. And so, yeah, you know, they get, we get together and we train and practice together, you know. And, and, you know, it brings up a lot of good camaraderie with friends. You meet new people, meet old acquaintances, uh, you know. You talk to different people about different techniques. And, you know, there right now, it's, it's really uh, people developing different uh, equipment, you know, knocks and arrows and bows and stuff. Because you're always trying to get the most out of your equipment. Shooting faster, flatter trajectory, uh, knock that's easier to knock, you know, because you can't look at the, the, the knock in the stream. You, ha- you have to go by feel. So one of the most important things to me is how do you index? or feel the knot to know how to put it on the string. Mm-hmm. And is that the end of the you can, arrow? You can, you can shoot eight. Yeah, the back end of the arrow has like a little knock on it that you put the arrow on the string. You can either shoot off the left side or the right side of the bow. Uh, most, uh, I shoot a thumb style and, you know, I shoot thumb and three fingers. But a lot of people like to shoot uh, three fingers, Mediterranean, but I prefer the uh, thumb, thumb style. And what what does that actually look like thumb, when you say thumb style? Like you pull the bow back with your thumb or pull the string with back? With your thumb. Your index, yeah, your arrow is on the right side of the bow. So once you knock it, your thumb goes under the knock of, of the bow and push up. And your index finger pushes the uh, arrow to, the, to your left, which hits the right side of the bow. That way, when you're riding, the air and the wind doesn't vibrate and make it, you know, come off the boat. Oh, okay. Are you right-handed? I'm right-handed, yes. Oh, okay. Do people, when you are doing or shooting, do you usually shoot with whatever your dominant hand is? Yeah. You know, I can shoot either hand, but my right eye is dominant. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be more accurate. You know, on my right hand, looking down, looking down my left arm. Interesting. So yeah, your eye is gonna gonna play more important part because you know it's just how you 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 aim, and it's just like pointing your finger at something. You know, once the wrist bones and the arm bones are in alignment, then you know it's 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 a pretty good shot. If you but you know some people shoot a floating anchor, some shoot a set anchor. Most people put their hand up under the chin. The jawbone, a lot of people touch the string to the nose. So everybody have a different way of anchoring. After you have developed a basic anchoring technique, then you probably can start shooting a floating anchor. But you need to understand the anchor point first. 
like a lot of people anchor under the jaw. That way they have like a 28 inch draw. And so once you get good at that, you understand how to line the joints up, then then you probably should have floated anchor. Do you have anyone uh, that's around your age participating in these competitions as well that you know of? Mm, not too many. <laughs> I like one of the older ones. <laughs> well, I I wouldn't have guessed right. that at all. Your age, that is. Well, yeah. Well, you know, the most important thing about age is movement. As long as you stay active and moving and put the right fuel in the body, the body wants to take care of itself. Yeah. It will adapt. And, 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 yeah. You know, like the more you drive your car or use a machine, the more ragged it gets. The body's complete opposite. The more you use your body, the better it gets. The less you use it, the worse your body becomes. If you have a sedentary lifestyle, you pick up weight, get get medical issues and stuff. But as long as you're out and you're active and you're moving, then your body will stay stay good. And, uh, uh, you have longevity with it. That is the truth. All right. Well, we appreciate you talking to us so late. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're planning to get this uh, episode of the podcast up tomorrow. Have you listened to any of the other ones? Okay. No, I have not. Well, you should definitely check them out. Uh, These are pretty cool. How how do how, how we check how do we check you out? Uh, we can send you a link to our SoundCloud page, and you'll be able to listen to them there. Uh, most definitely, we'll check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much. And if you ever need anything from us, you just let us know. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.